0: blog talk radio good evening or good morning or good afternoon or good night or whenever you hear this particular broadcast Um, I don't expect many people will be hearing it live if they do I hope they would call in at 646-716-7756 and add to the discussion Um, this is dr. Simon and I do a show periodically uh, called Stories We Live By, and uh, over the last few episodes, I have really been basing my uh, content on uh, news stories, and that won't be different tonight. I want to discuss three news stories um, that alarm me, um, that caught my attention, and ultimately alarm me, uh, because... And they suggest to me an increasing, uh, zombification of our population here in the United States, uh, adding to the large number of zombies uh, now, uh, on the world stage. And again, uh, zombies, uh, are very popular on television, and they are, uh, popular because people are watching, even if most people are not consciously aware, of why they relate to the dead, that, that people who are dead, who march around eating the flesh of the living and turning them into zombies. Uh, and if it's not a zombie show, it's a werewolf show, and if it's not a werewolf show, it is a, uh, a vampire show. And the movies, uh, uh, even ads on television, trying to put a humorous uh, twist on uh, zombies and vampires um, the dead, the undead, and um, my theme is we 're running out of time, and I want to talk about these stories and uh, put them in a context to explain what I think is going on and why I am so particularly alarmed and again, my solution uh, and and uh, uh, which i don 't believe will take place uh, but but It makes me feel better anyway to see uh, what a solution uh, might be. Let me just introduce the three stories and then uh, put them in some kind of a context. The first story uh, was of a nine-year-old girl in um, Arizona whose family took her into a shooting gallery. Now, this is not any shooting gallery, uh, a here, people brandish their weapons, and they shoot at targets. And then if they want, they put on a helicopter, and they can see the Grand Canyon. So this particular place is part of a vacation. It is a normalized aspect of vacation. The nine-year-old girl was given uh, an AK-47, an assault weapon, in my view, a weapon of mass destruction, um, And while she tried to shoot it, the instructor uh, apparently moved to her side and she jerked the gun and shot him and killed him. Now clearly this was not murder, it was not unprecedented, it was just an accident. And for maybe a day or two, this particular um, episode was given headlines and people looked to see uh, who was at fault, who was at blame Was it the instructor? Was it the child? Was it the parents who brought the kid in um, to play with an AK-47 as if it was a toy? Uh, Clearly, a nine-year-old skinny little girl uh, doesn't see the ramifications or the particular um, uh, downside of shooting a gun. What nobody raised, and the story disappeared almost as quickly as it uh, found its uh, 24 minutes, 24 hours on the hundreds of news stations that discussed it. Um, What nobody seemed to raise is, why is it normal and right for a place to give people AK-47s, assault weapons to shoot, and perfectly all right for a child to do the shooting? Now, it was interesting in the follow-up, the owner of the, uh, this particular uh, uh, establishment said that um, other children have fired the weapon and they didn't have any particular downside to it. And that rather than prevent children from shooting AK-47s, he might do what they do at the amusement parks, create a height and weight standard before the child uh, can be allowed to take the gun and shoot it. And they would institute uh, all kinds of uh, preventative uh, measures to make sure that they don't lose any more instructors. Uh, A man with a family, uh, a wife and children, uh, bad for business, uh, and uh, uh, we want to prevent this kind of a thing. He was not at all perturbed that this had happened. The idea that guns have become so prevalent and so acceptable that even nine-year-olds can fire them as part of a vacation and having fun didn't bother him or apparently anybody else. We're now used to it. When the Newton slaughter, Newton Mass, the school in which, again, a child, a teenager, went into the school and killed 20 or more children, slaughtered them uh, with all kinds of weapons, and an assault rifle was part of it. Uh, The president became upset. He was going to do something about it. But within a very short period of time, it fell off the news. The president found something else to talk about. Uh, his passion and his commitment was gone to this, and it now became just an ordinary set of events. We're used to this. It could happen anytime and anywhere, but uh, the capacity for us to kill each other continues. It gets greater and greater, it, from my point of view as a man in his 70s, the thought of a nine-year-old firing an assault wa- weapon, an assault rifle, is bizarre. It is beyond understanding. And yet this is now normal behavior, normal in the sense of usual, but completely moral. We have moralized the mass killing of our citizens by people of any age. The idea that we should do something about guns or control them or see to it that the slaughter stops is simply beyond us. We are increasingly zombies feeding on one another. The second um, story, which caught my attention and caught everyone's attention, again, including the president, uh, although it is all gone, it's disappeared. was the picture of a reporter having his head cut off with a knife by a terrorist uh, in, in Iraq, a group, a member of ISIS, who apparently spoke perfect English with an English accent and may in fact have been an English citizen, probably was an English citizen. By the time the second reporter's head was cut off, we were used to it already. There was no great response. Yes, we're going to send uh, our planes to help the Iraqs kill or wipe out uh, ISIS, but we are used to this. And the idea that an individual can take a man whose arms are bound and on his knees and casually cut off his head, slice it off with a knife, Not even a guillotine, not even a sword, not even an axe, but take a sharp knife and and cut it off. Mutilate this individual, mutilate a living being. is now normal. And in the eyes of the individual who did this and the group who sent him to do this, as he did it proudly, it was a moral act. It was perfectly okay. This was according to the will of God, that he mutilated this individual. Because he wasn't killing a man, he was killing a member of the great Satan. And he was acting at the highest level of morality. The third story, which upset me, occurred in Ferguson, Missouri. A young man was shot to death by the police, and I won't even talk about the shooting, whether he stole something or whether he didn't something, whether he was attacking the policeman or he wasn't attacking the policeman. The fact is he wasn't armed and he was shot to death. And what occurred afterwards was what concerns me in terms of what I see as the zombification, the turning of human beings into killing machines, mindless, destructive acts that are normal in terms of their frequency, perfectly usual, perfectly acceptable, unquestioned, and totally moral, being seen as the highest level of morality. What happened afterwards were mobs of African Americans storming stores and stealing everything that they could, even though many of those stores were owned by other African Americans or members of the community, regardless of their color or their race or their religion or their ethnic origins. They were getting the goods. And it was all made moral because this young man was shot and they felt aggrieved. They were the victims, not the young man, they. They had submerged themselves into a mob that could do whatever it wanted and see it as not only normal, but as virtuous. What upset me and upset a lot of people, because there was some airtime, maybe 36 hours of questioning this, was the response of the police. Rather than the police seeing themselves as members of the community, integrating themselves and becoming part of the community and dealing with angry human beings, out came the SWAT teams. And I had never been aware before of how much our American military has given weapons to local police departments all over the country, turning them in to a paramilitary force with terrifying ability to kill tanks, AK-47s, again, assault weapons, heavy armor, in which the killing of people the serving of warrants, apparently, arresting people can be done by a dozen individuals who move as if they're one organism. There's one picture I saw on television, one news picture, in which uh, at least a dozen heavily armed, heavily suited policemen confront a single individual who's totally armed, unarmed with, his gu- with guns on him. Moving as if they're a single organism, totally motivated, totally capable of killing whoever they wanted to kill, and seeing it as justice and seeing it as the highest level of morality. This is where we are. Guns rule, violence rules, and everyone who acts in this particular way here or overseas, or anywhere else, sees this, and it's not unusual, it's not new, although it's new for me here as a citizen of the United States, that we can behave like zombies, destroying and eating the flesh of each other, but unlike zombies, we see it as normal and as moral behavior. This is where we are. And there seems to be no pushback on this. So let me review some of my theoretical ideas as to how this happens and why this happens and what the antidote might be. Many years ago, as a clinical psychologist, and you can go into almost any of my shows where I discuss the, 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 the uh, fallacy of psychiatry and clinical psychology, I began to realize, particularly after I had read um, a number of books, the most important of which was Thomas Zass' The Myth of Mental Illness, that the people we call mentally ill are not really ill. They do not have a physical illness. They do not have neurological problems that can be shown predictably to be causing the behaviors that we call abnormal, and that we call symptoms of illness, none of this exists. And as such, all of these labels are not descriptive or scientific. They're moral. And I concluded, along with a number of others in the field, that psychiatry is basically a priesthood, a secular priesthood, that pretends to be scientific but instead of descriptive labels that are actually illnesses in which physical problems, whether anatomical or physiological, can be shown to be causing the behaviors of our concern, what we have is an, a statement of a moral judgment, an ethical judgment, that people are not supposed to oppose their parents when they're children oppositional defiant disorder, or steal, uh, uh, sociopathic or, or antisocial personality disorders, or hallucinate and believe they're talking to God, schizophrenia. The more I begin to think about this, the more I generalize it to the fact that all human beings try to explain, predict, control, start out by describing the world that they're in, so that they could stay alive and that they can uh, prosper, live long, healthy, uh, protect their children, have children, uh, and that we're all scientists, that we can be called naive scientists, or we're not particularly trained in in the statistics and the use of experimentation, but anybody who's trying to cross a street as a scientist they make all kinds of really excellent physical judgments to get across the street all of us are scientific economists trying to figure out how to earn a living and when we retire have enough so that we can be comfortable in our senior years i can give hundreds of examples how can we stay healthy what is it that we have to eat and drink or not eat and drink in order to stay alive and be healthy. But at the same time, we're all moral philosophers. Whatever we do and others do, we make judgments about its goodness or its badness, its rightness or its wrongness. And this is as natural to us and as important to us as it is To be scientists and figure out how we and the world works so we can negotiate successfully in it. What I have come to realize is that while it's critical for us to be scientists and it's equally critical to be moral philosophers, the philosophy of morality trumps being scientists. First, and foremost, we all need to feel we are moral human beings. I believe this to be so. It is the latest in my insights. And rather happy that I had this one night when I couldn't sleep, because it makes me feel my brain is still working and <laughs> gives me something more to talk about. Being moral trumps our ability to understand describe and understand the world that we live in the question is what is morality where does morality come from we are all moral philosophers but the philosophy of morality that we live by is not the same for each of us or for the groups that we live in it's not Now, when I wrote this in my last book, uh, it got a very lovely review from somebody who was a philosopher, I believe, yes, uh, who agreed with everything in the book that psychiatry is a no-no, it's a a dog and pony show, Uh, it, it is not scientific, it doesn't have validity, uh, we have need other ways of dealing with each other other than uh, the so-called mental health system with its emphasis on drugs called medicines when they're real only drugs. Um, because medicine uh, is something that, as a chemical, that is directly targeting a particular physical ill. These drugs are designed to change behavior or change moods, or change attitudes, and as such, they're just drugs, no different than the glass of, uh, a Cabernet Sauvignon, that I had with my dinner. A drug, a psychotropic drug. When, when, uh, you realize this, and you begin to expand, and you begin to push out, in all kinds of directions, you realize, that, um, The morality of one group doesn't have to be the morality of the other and I never was in contact with this reviewer but I still stand today because the man who cut off the head of this reporter or the second man who cut off the head of the second reporter or the guy who has AK-47s in his shooting gallery and gives it to children or the cops who Uh, look like assault teams with heavy weapons, including tanks uh, and anti-tank weapons in small towns where where there is nothing uh, bigger uh, than an automobile or a small bus. Or the, the Nazis, who almost overran the world, saw themselves and defined themselves as moral. We can define morality in any way we wish, Anything could become moral, and when it becomes moral and it becomes normalized, it becomes usual behavior. And yes, going to concerts and watching ballet and painting and children going to school and improving their ability to think and reason uh, and and be kind and good to each other and grow up to be constructive uh, citizens. Uh, creative citizens, I go back to the word creativity almost all the time, as individuals, as loving, caring individuals, that is also normal and is seen as moral. But nine-year-olds shooting guns, assault weapons, is also can be seen as moral. And cutting off the heads of innocent people with their hands tied behind their back is also moral. And people running through stores and stealing everything they can is also moral and normal. And the cops, increasingly armed to the teeth and looking as if they're some kind of giant killing organism that terrifies the hell out of everybody uh, that they come in contact with is also becoming normal and moral. And all of this, is very scary and very dangerous, as far as I can see. After the uh, individual uh, from ISIS cut off the head of the reporter, people on online and all over were talking about uh, their feelings towards uh, the Muslim religion, and the response was. That it's no different than any other religion, and others said, yes, it is different. Neither, not interesting to me, particularly. Um, I won't get into that. I think, as I've said in many times in many shows, I think that relate, religion can be a force for great good. But just as often, or maybe even, off, just more often, it can turn us into mindless zombies who believe when told by authority uh, that they are the chosen people, they are the m- true moral people, and it really doesn't matter what they do to others who are the devils, who are the demons, who are the great Satans, who are, uh, in terms of the president calling the members of ISIS, barbarians. Uh, all of these are moral labels and they explain nothing. They don't explain how this comes about. They don't explain the social conditions in which uh, people get together and become zombies. The fear, uh, the anxieties, and always the leaders and the people who profit economically, uh, socially, and in power by fostering these beliefs that the killing of others, that the humanization and the demonization of others makes you a higher, more moral individual. So during these discussions, it was the, the same cliche and nonsense I hear over and over. Well, there are good people and there are bad people in every group. And this is like calling people mentally ill. It's a label, good people and bad people. There are no good people. There are no bad people. There are people who under certain circumstances do good. And then there are people who under certain circumstances do bad. But what I consider bad, they may consider good. And what they consider bad, we consider good. So, I'm going to bring my show to a close. I just realized I haven't had my dessert yet tonight. I have a nice ice cream sandwich waiting for me in the freezer. There are no good people and there are no bad people. We're all capable of being artists, of being creative, of loving and being loved, of creating a society, a family, a society, schools that uplift That create people who are good scientists in that they and good psychologists in that they understand others, and that they don't confuse moral labels like good or bad or barbarian or mental ill or schizophrenic as explanations for behavior. It they explain nothing, nothing, and so I'll finish by saying I believe that guns in and of themselves, represent an immorality on a gradation. If people hunt, if people shoot targets, maybe. But nothing stops any individual or group of individuals of taking these killing machines and justifying the slaughter of their fellow human beings leading to one society and another society and another society taking its young men and turning them into killing machines and arming them and making them better killers and better zombies. Our heroes are their terrorists and their terrorists are their, our terrorists are their heroes. I don't know how we stop it. I really don't. I don't. It's never been stopped, and I have no great faith this will not be stopped. That will ever be stopped. We are zombies unless we create, unless we love, unless we see others as individuals and describe them in terms of their thoughts and their feelings. And at least let's start getting rid of the guns and the weapons of mass destruction Uh, There are countries in which people are starving and their governments are buying armaments instead of food. I don't have to go on. So, gee, I've done about 30 minutes or so. Nobody's called in. I didn't expect it. Maybe somebody will. Maybe somebody send me a message. By the way, anybody can. You can write me an email here. At uh, Blog Talk Radio, send me a message, or at Larry Psydoc, L A R R Y P S Y D O C, at gmail.com. I'm going to stay on the line for another 60 seconds, and you can call in at 646 716 7756. So, Not bad tonight. I thought this was a good show. I don't know how many people will hear it. But that's okay. I do it for me. All right. Nobody's calling in. Nobody's there. Have a good night. Stay safe. And try not to be a zombie.